0: Hi, and welcome to Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Good morning. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you. You know, D.L. Moody, he famously once said... Out of a hundred people outside the church, one might pick up a Bible, but ninety-nine will read the Christian. And it's a scary thought, but people are looking at our lives, and they're judging Jesus and His ways by the way we're living. And He's called us to live out a life of truth, to to speak truth, just as He is the way, the truth, and the life. But when God calls us to truth, he also calls us to kindness and to gentleness. When we're cruel and we're harsh to others, we end up walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, church, as I am every message, <laughs> uh, I'm quite harsh with my words. And, um, Claire, friend, you'll say, tell me, I, I will say the truth and I'll do it in a really cheeky way and I'll laugh about it. But I can, there can be a sting in the tail when I... When I speak, and you know, sometimes we can forget that people are in pain and, and people are hurting, and we've got to make sure that our words are, are filled with love when we're speaking. You know, kindness is necessary, even if we've got to speak difficult truths, we've got to do them in kindness. In Colossians 3, um, from verse 12, it, um, I'm just reading from the message version because I like it. Um, so, Colossians 3, verse 12, if you want to find it. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I love those words. You see, how will the world know the grace of God if God's people are not gracious to other believers and to other people, the people that are far from God? Being kind and gentle can go against our culture, but we're called to live differently to the world. That means 2020 or 2020, whatever you're calling it, we need to forgive others who've hurt us. We've got to work at at reconciliation in the broken relationships, the difficult relationships. We've got to allow our gentleness to be evident and out front for everyone to see. And we should use our words, even when we have to speak truths, to build people up and not to tear them down. You know, sometimes we can justify bringing people down, can't we? Because we feel like we've got a right to be angry. Do you know what he did? Do you know what she said? I'm a child of God. How dare they speak to me like that? I I have a right to be angry. But you know, the world is such an angry place. You know, January the 1st was quite a nice day, wasn't it? It's like, oh, it's brilliant and then second day you hear about just all this awful stuff and you know yesterday the fires in australia gosh the, the world is just a sad place we can't bring more sadness and more angriness into a world and it's really easy to have a, a critical spirit we can ha- we can be we can be a judgmental the older brother uh, in the prodigal son story we can think that we're doing everything right and and look down on people and we feel that then we've got a right to bring people down because we're so spiritual. But criticism can bring division and it certainly brings cold heartedness. So when God calls us to truth, he calls us to love. And loving people into the kingdom is far more important than winning an argument. If you, if you don't know, if, you, if you're here this morning there's a lot of faces I've not seen before... Maybe you don't know God's love. Maybe you don't realise that the, the love that, that we're talking about, that Father's love, is an amazing love. It, means, it will mean far more to you than any other person's love in your life. God loves you in a, more in a moment than anyone could in a whole lifetime. And he knows the worst of us and he still loves us the most. Well, love is the, the greatest thing that God has called us to do. 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love bit that everyone reads out in, um, at weddings. But the bit at the beginning uh, reveals quite a lot to us about truth in love. You see, it says that truth without love is like noise. It's a clanging cymbal. And we've only got to look at churches like the Westboro Baptist Church, where we see on the news that these people that are, are hating people and, and thinking that that is a godly thing to do. It, it's noise. If we, we might have truth, but we've got to speak them in love. We don't just need to speak truth louder. We need to love louder as well. But of course, we've got the other ex- extreme where, uh, and we've got quite a lot of, of people have fallen into this trap, where we love without truth. And that just brings error. Oh, love is love, all that rhetoric. Anything goes. God still loves you no matter what you do. And, and there are truths there. But too many people have become so wishy-washy with the truth about sin. You know, our eighth of our com words, if you haven't been to the church before, you can look around the room and you'll see all the com words. But one of them is no compromise. We're called to live truth with love. Otherwise, we're not sharing the whole, whole gospel and it's hypocrisy. If we move away from the truth of God's word, we lose the ability to be effective. We need truth and love uh, for power because when we walk in that, that's where God's anointing is. And in Jesus, we have love and truth personified. He showed us how to treat people with kindness. The woman at the well, How he had compassion for the lepers, women, children, the outcasts, Ah, Jesus loved. But boy, did he not hold back from telling truth as well. You know, that woman at the well in John 4, Jesus revealed to her how she was living. But she went away telling everyone about this man who spoke truth. In fact, we did a a series a a few months ago where we looked at the red letters in your Bible. And if you're on a a Bible app, Jesus' words often come up in red. uh, And we looked at some of the the things that that Jesus said, some of the truths. I've just got a couple of examples where Jesus did not sugarcoat the truth. Mark 8 and verse 36 and 37. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. He did not hold back, did he? Uh, Just before that, a couple of verses before, verse 34 uh, and 35, Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. But whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now with a relationship with Jesus, we have to put some things down. And my question to you this morning is, are, are we willing to lay some things down? You know, Jesus beautifully weaves his love for people with how he speaks truth. And Jesus had a look. I've been looking at the, the looks of Jesus. And Jesus had a look which had compassion, but it had authority. I like to think of it as the teacher look. I am quite good at the teacher look. been teaching 20 years now. My husband will often say, Sarah, I don't need the teacher look. Thank you very much. Um, I'm pretty sure that, that Jesus had, had a look. In fact, um, I've got four quick scriptures. I don't know if they're up there. Um, Luke 22, verse 61. Here's where the teacher look comes into play. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he told him before. A rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Just that look. And Peter went, I know what I've done. Another one, John, John 1, 42. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is Peter or the rock. Jesus looked Matthew 9:36 seeing the people he felt compassion for them he had a look of love he saw that they were distressed and uh, like sheep without a shepherd or Matthew 9:35 Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages he taught in their meeting places reported kingdom news and healed their diseased bodies healed their bruised and hurt lives When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest. He said to his disciples, how few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. So Jesus had, he he spoke truth and he he spoke in love and he had a look that people knew was compassion and authority. And all of that is summed up in this story, which is like my main text I want to use today. Mark 10 and verse 17. I'm going to just read up to 22 for now. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. At this moment, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. You know, sometimes we, can, we think we can tell God how to answer our prayers and our questions. And we go, oh, I don't like that answer, God, actually, because uh, I know what's better for me. Well, this text is often used as a means to judge how far we're willing to go for God. And people often have a disdain for that guy, the rich young ruler, as he's called in some of the Gospels. He's easy for us to judge. I've read a few commentaries, and and many people believe that that man was annoying or unlovable. And they add a but. They say, but Jesus loved him. Do you know there's no hint in the original Greek that Jesus was unlovable, but Jesus loved him? I wonder how often you stick a but in your life and you go, well, but I'm not very lovable, but at least Jesus loves me. I want to tell you, get rid of that but. Get rid of that and Jesus loves you. Not but. He doesn't love you despite. He loves you and. There's no hint that that he's found unlikable. He's not a know-it-all or an unrepented sinner. It doesn't tell us that in the text. In fact, it even shows him running up to Jesus and falling on his knees, which is really odd behaviour for someone who loved themselves. In actual fact, the Greek word that that is used for the way that Jesus looked at him, was it says he had a smiling expression on his face. Some of you are thinking that God is struggling to even like you. I want to tell you, he's smiling at you. He's got a smile. You're his children. He's got a smile on his face when he thinks of you, when he looks at you. I love how Mark's gospel is influenced by Peter. You know, the Matthew and Luke, they start with their genealogy, don't they? And, and you, you also see that they start with the birth of Jesus. And and we see um, the, the stories we just looked at Christmas and, and Matthew has got the wise men and, and Luke's got the shepherds. Mark doesn't start there. Mark goes straight in with, oh, Jesus loved people. Oh, he loved the outcasts. Oh, he loved the dirty, the messy. He loved everybody. And I know that that's influenced by Peter because Peter just knew that. He knew the mess-ups in his life, the times he'd let Jesus down, and Jesus loved him. Um, I I just love um, reading Mark's gospel and just seeing Peter, who was one of um, Mark's people that he, he spoke to. Well, In this chapter, we don't see that Jesus dislikes this man. Instead, we see Jesus being Jesus, openly, honestly, loving all who come and seek him earnestly, inviting them to take the next step down the narrow road of mirroring his love to the world. Jesus looked at the man. He loved him, and he told him what he needed to hear and not what he wanted to hear and we've got so much in common with that man like him we'll only go so far with Jesus and then go and turn aside and not go any further and this is why we seek to make that rich young ruler out to be like the worst kind of sinner rather than just a disciple who we can empathize with because he's just like us Jesus is passionate about mirroring the Father's love into the world, and he knows that we were created to be passionate about mirroring his love into the world. When the rich young man asked Jesus what he can do to inherit eternal life, in verse 19, Jesus lists most of the Ten Commandments that deal with interacting with people. Then Jesus gets a bit more personal and backtracks to the second commandment, the one that says, "You um, you shall have no other gods before me. Unlike many of the religious leaders, the young man seems to understand the spirit of the Mosaic law because it applies to justice for other people, giving to the poor. Jesus doesn't mention covet, interestingly. Perhaps that's to reveal to the man that he was putting something else before God. To be fair, I wonder if any of us, if Jesus said, "I want you to give up everything and sell it and give it to the poor," whether we'd be like, "You are." And uh, I wonder. I'm going to be honest. I probably would also walk away sad into my future. We know we we know the rest of the story. Jesus is, Jesus challenges all of us about how hard it is for rich people to get into heaven. Verse twenty three. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God?" The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, "Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God! It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God." You see, Jesus is preparing us all for the next life. We spend so much of our time focusing on stuff instead of on the value of people and on God. And we start coveting when the adverts come on. And we want everything. Maybe you too have been thinking about clearing out your wardrobe for like the last five years. Why do we want to hold on to everything? We've got to stand before God one day and give an account of our lives. What did you do with your dash, Sarah? (laughs) You know, the saddest part is he went away sad into his future and sometimes our circumstances make us feel like turning away from it all. A lot of people are walking away from the purposes of God, they're giving up, they're minimising their, their level of faith They're bringing their faith down to their level of experience, rather than elevating their experience of faith to be aligned with the Word of God. And he's a good God, and he's doing good, and he's working all things together for good. And his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than ours. And he's telling you hard truths, guys, because he loves you. And we mustn't give up and forsake him. The enemy wants you to walk away from the plans that God has for you. you know, God isn't going to be upset if you're thinking. If you've got doubts, God isn't upset with you wrestling with your doubts. He wants you to be real with him. Ask questions of God. It's okay to go to God with your doubts and your fears and your questions. What's Jesus saying to you for 2020? 2020? What are the words he's saying to you? I'm going to tell you, he's looking at you, and he's loving you, and he's loving you, and he's saying some words to you, and it will be specific words to each of you. I wonder what you've gone, yeah, I'm not doing that, and you've, you've walked away. You know, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be under three categories. I've got them to rhyme, I'm so excited. First one, alignment. Second one, refinement, third one, assignment, such a teacher, <laughs> such a teacher, okay, so first one, first one, alignment, God is saying to some of you, you've got to stop your willful sinning, I'm going to be really lay it bare today, his grace means he loves us despite our shortcomings, that is true, but despite his amazing grace poured out, he knows that sin takes us away from what is best for us, and he wants the best for you, you know, the, the Junior Oxford Dictionary um, do republications every year. And um, the, some of the last words that have been have taken out of that, this is a children's, a junior one. They've taken out the words, pulpit, disciples, preacher. By the way, holly, acorn and ivy have also come out. That's a bit weird. But one of the words that they've taken out is sin. The world, they've got no time for sin. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus does. Maybe he's asking you to reconcile, to make right a relationship, to get right with him. Maybe you need to get right with a fellow Christian. Some of you need to forgive a Christian who's hurt you. You know, the wounds of a a friend hurt so much, don't they? The wounds of a brother hurt so much. But he's saying, get right. I wonder what your children see at home. Are they seeing in your relationship, what they are hearing at church? Is your, is your relationship authentic? Is your marriage a Jesus-centered one? You see, we don't want our children walking away from the purposes of God. Arguing, domestic violence, keeping agape love away from your spouse. That's sin. That's not a true Christian life. And too much of the spirit of the world, and our kids pay for that. Some people need to get rid of pride out of their lives. The most loving and kind human to ever walk the earth spoke hard truths from lips that cannot lie. Jesus warned those who needed to repent to believe in him. It's a warning of alignment wrapped in perfect love. He could not complete the Father's assignment without telling the generation to flee the wrath to come. And we can't do anything less. Hard truths, we can't avoid them. What else do you need to do to align yourself? It may be God saying, you've got to align yourself. Perhaps it's refinement that you need. Perhaps an area of your, of your life, needs to get rid of impurities. Christmas, maybe you've eaten way too much, but maybe that actually is just a normal pattern of life. Maybe we've got to improve the spirit of self-control in our life, perhaps when it comes to drinking. Lots of people make New Year's resolutions. As Sarah said to you last week, his mercies are new every morning. You don't need to wait until January the 1st. If you've blown it already, you haven't got to wait till next January. You can go to him today and, align or, sorry, and refine your life. Perhaps, perhaps there's a, an eating disorder. Maybe it's the opposite way. Maybe there's a, a mental health issue that, that you've allowed to, to conquer you and need to submit it before God. Perhaps it's stress or anxious thoughts or worry or fear that need to bow. See, we can get really comfortable with our issues. I'm going to tell you, I've, I've struggled with insomnia since Emily was born. I try and do this without crying, 15 years. And, and it's hard as a Christian, because you go, Lord... <laughs> I'm supposed to be all right. I'm, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be saved and healed and everything's meant to be great. And you know, we can, we can struggle. We can still struggle. There are people here this morning and you're struggling with a mental health issue. But I can tell you that there are times I've called it my insomnia. And I've got, when I was preparing for this word, I got a right kick up the bum from God. He said, don't you dare own that, Sarah. That is not yours. Don't you own it. So perhaps this is for you as well. And you've had an issue and you've owned it and you've kept it because it's yours and we can get really comfortable in it. Dr. Caroline Leaf says this for you. You can choose to keep your thinking about a circumstance the same or you can change it. Either way, protein synthesis happens and the toxic memory will either be changed or strengthened. You choose. (sighs) Maybe it's time to refine your life with social media. I know lots of people are going, I just need to get off Facebook. How many hours have I wasted scrolling through? And you know, social media can make us feel depressed. It can make us feel low because you see someone else's highlights and you compare it to your normal, boring old life. Everyone's only uploading their highlights. Some of them aren't even true. And we start believing this and thinking that we've got to be someone we're not. I'm going to say, just get rid of anything that isn't giving you joy in your life. So it doesn't mean dump your job. I should just say that because we kind of need a, need a job, don't we? But if there's something in your life that you're doing habitually, stop it. If it's not bringing you the joy of the Lord. So it might be, it might be alignment. I've got to stop sinning. Maybe God's telling you, you've got to start refining. You've got to start getting the refiner's fire onto your life and burn away those things that are not good for you. But maybe it's an assignment. Oh, and that just makes me think of school tomorrow. (laughs) Assignment, it's not what I'm talking about. You've been called to something. God's got you on assignment. And some of you here, you've been called to ministry. Some of you have been called to lead and you're hiding And you're thinking, I'm just going to be really quiet about that. But you know, because God keeps bringing it up in you, that you've got a calling. You've got a ministry. There are ministries to be birthed here. And you are walking away. And you're walking away sad. And I'm going to say to you, it's time to turn back. Because God's got something for you. But not just for you. If it's a ministry, it's to bless others. How dare we hold back on something that isn't even for us when you're called to have a ministry to people In some cases, you're going to have to give stuff up. I am going to say this, though. I was praying last night. I said, Lord, is there anything else? And God said, actually, there is someone who's got to to lay a ministry down because He's saying to you, it's not yours, it's His, and someone else is going to take it. There's something else for you, but you've got to lay it down so that you can get all that He's got for you. I just want to say that to you. Some of you are called to mission. Maybe it's a mission in this country. Maybe it's abroad. But God is calling you to go and speak truth in love to other people, to make a difference somewhere, to get away from your comfort zone for the sake of his gospel. Some of you are going to change jobs this year. Some of you don't want to do that because you're quite happy. But God's saying, I've got people, I've got influencing, you need to do somewhere else. And some of you need to get into work as well. Some of you got to go, all right, I gave birth 24 years ago. It's probably better go and, and get into a job. No, some, no I'm joking. But some, some of you need to, it's time to get into the work scene. There's so much darkness out there. You're called to come and bring light into a dark, dark world. In Ephesians 4, um, I'm reading from the message again, verse 14 to 16. No prolonged infancies among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for impostors. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth, and to tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us, so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. So here's the thing this morning, don't walk away sad. Don't walk away sad into your future when God's got such great stuff for you. We've got to embrace all that he has for us. He's looking at you and he's loving you and he's saying something to you and I don't know what that is but you do. You've either got to align your life again, you've got to refine your life in the refiner's fire. Or well, there's an assignment, and God's calling you to do something amazing. Don't walk away sad. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Church talks. We'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.